Welcome to the January 31st, 2023 podcast of Wisdom Today. Hello, my name is Bill Kelly and I'll be your host today. Today we'll be going over Proverb 31, but before we begin, let's open in prayer. Father God, I thank you for anyone listening to this podcast today. Lord, I pray that you would open their ears to hear and their heart to receive everything you have in store for them today. Lord, I pray that you would reveal to each one listening how much you truly love each and every one. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Proverb 31, beginning in verse 1. The words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him, What, my son, and what, son of my womb, and what, son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink, lest they drink and forget the law, and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing, and wine to those who are bitter of heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty, and remember his misery no more. Open your mouth for the speechless, in the cause of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maid servants. She considers a field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good, and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff, and her hand folds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them, and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household, and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. 
Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Friends, I have a special guest today. I have Ray Patterson, who recently has been hired by Karis Bible College to run the third year business school. And Ray, I'd like to thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you giving me your time. Absolutely. Absolutely, Bill. Glad to do it and excited to to share this time with you and our listeners as well. Well, thanks so much. And Ray, Proverb 31 to me is one of the most powerful proverbs that there are, and it has to do with a virtuous woman. And I know that you have a few things to share about that part of Scripture. Well, Bill, it's interesting that uh, when when we talked about me coming on the show and you mentioned this uh, proverb, and it was uh, part of my, uh, I'm going to get emotional here maybe a little bit, but it was part of my eulogy at my mother's funeral. My parents had been married over 60 years, and uh, and this passage, this proverb just just reminds me of mom and uh, how she and dad worked together on a small dairy farm in eastern Ohio for, uh, well, they literally bought the farm in 1949 and moved in in 1950. Uh, And, uh, you know, mom was always a a tremendous partner to dad. He he ran the outside, she ran the inside. but she was also always there to help him in the fields. And, uh, but she didn't let dad in the kitchen much. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this, it really is a, a proverb that, that I think brings, well, it brings a lot to my mind. Uh, as you and I had talked, I, I've been, I'm now in my third marriage. Um, the first marriage lasted about 10 years. Uh, we have two great sons out of that, so I can't say that uh, it wasn't a good union, but it just, uh, we were very young when we got married, and uh, and we just didn't know a lot of things that, uh, we were maybe a little a- more mature than the average 18 and 20 year old of the day, uh, but still there was a whole lot of the world we didn't know about. And uh, we had different outlooks on life, and and it just that was that. the The second marriage uh, started out as a young adults potluck dinner at church, and uh, my second wife and I had a thirty year honeymoon, uh, and then she ended up uh, she was diagnosed with breast cancer, fought it, and we thought one. She was clear for four and a half years, uh, and then it came back. And uh, there's nothing good about that, uh, except that it typically is not a disease that takes you real quick. So we had some time to process and adjust and literally spend time with the Lord, uh, getting ready for him to welcome her home. And she was... uh, very supportive of knowing what I was 
going to go through as well. And uh, so it, it, I, I can't say that it was an easy transition, but I was blessed in that it wasn't extremely difficult. Uh, so. Well, Ray, you know, I know many people um, have a difficult time with that. And, uh, you know, when you, lo when you lose the love of your life, it really, really is as emotional to me as anything you possibly can do. And I know um, being a Christian obviously had to help you. So if you would explain to the audience how knowing God helped you transition through that part of your life. Well, thanks. Yeah, it. Uh, my wife and my late wife and I were very active in our local church. Um, it happened to be a Methodist church in upstate New York. Uh, we were very supported by the congregation uh, because it was a good, tight congregation. People knew what we were going through, and they were very supportive. Um, and I've known the Lord all my life. I grew up in a Presbyterian church in eastern Ohio, small country church back in the day when the Presbyterian church was a conservative church. And, and then when, when the Presbyterian church kind of shifted its major philosophies, uh, that's when I got out and started going to the Methodist church, and that is where I met my second wife. And... Uh, <clears throat> the, the fact that we were supported by the church and, and that we knew God and we knew that, you know, life is temporal. Uh, eternal life is eternal, permanent. Uh, and, and just the, the faith of my wife uh, and her, just the way she could tackle anything as long as she knew what it was. Uh, but there was a distinct kind of shift that I saw when she realized that, in fact, she was going to go home to be with the Lord. And it's, I've, I've heard different people say, uh, live long, live well, and die fast. <laughs> and, and that is literally what my late wife did. And, and she was so, uh, she was, unusual and blessed. Uh, but she was always, her name was Martha, and she was truly a Martha. Uh, she was always looking after the details, always looking to serve others. Uh, and, and the conversation that she and I were able to have just literally within three to four days of her passing around what she wanted uh, what she wanted for herself, what she wanted for her service, what she wanted for me after. Uh, that, that was just, that was actually so comforting to me. And it helped me, it helped me grieve. It helped me mourn. But I also knew that there was more beyond that and, and that, there is a time for grieving and a time for mourning. Uh, but knowing you're in relationship with the Lord uh, helps you through those times. And it also, 
I, I hope for our listening audience that it helps uh, a few people have those kind of difficult conversations because uh, as a good, as a, as a firm believer and, and knowing what Jesus did for us on the cross, uh, we have no reason to fear death. And uh, it's really the ones who, that we leave behind that w- the departing person really aches for. Uh, so it, it just knowing, and I did not know the Lord then as much as I know him now, because it, when I met my third wife and we got together, it was my third wife, Sue, who introduced me to Andrew Womack and who really took me beyond salvation to really being filled with the Holy Spirit and really getting to know God on a much deeper level. Wow, Ray, you bring up such good points. And one of the things that you did not mention was uh, one of her last wishes for you was that you would find someone. And that's something that I know many people struggle with when they have a loved one that they have shared so many years with. They, to me, mistakenly make the mistake of not wanting to share the rest of their life with someone. And friends, I'm going to go back to the very beginning of Genesis chapter 1, where God's wanted, He instituted the institute of marriage. I mean, He began marriage, and He does not want anyone to be alone. And I'm here to, you know, try to encourage anyone at this stage of their life, if you feel that you're making that decision because you're trying to be faithful or loyal to your spouse who's already gone, May I suggest to you that you open up the possibility that God will bring someone new, someone fresh that you can really share those last few years with. Ray, I want to go a transition a little bit. I know that uh, I want to give honor to whom honor is due, and you served our country faithfully for many years. If you would share a little bit about that experience for serving your country. Oh, thanks, Bill. I, I sometimes feel like I almost need to apologize. I did serve five years active duty in the Army. Um, I was on a three-year ROTC scholarship, so the Army paid my last three years of college and then gave me a job for at least four. I extended that to a fifth year. But one of the one of the reasons I say I jokingly apologize is that I had a very unusual tour. Uh, I spent four years and four months of my five years active duty at the only cannon production facility in the United States, a place called Watervliet Arsenal, which is in upstate New York, just north of Albany. It's uh, up the Hudson River. It's as far up the Hudson River you can go before you encounter any waterfalls. So we actually had tidal effect 160 miles north of New York City. And the arsenal was founded there in 1813 in answer to the War of 1812. And it was established north of West Point. It was a inland deep water port that at the time it was established, it was set up to serve the war in the West. 
Well, the war in the West at that time was Western New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and through that that area. But it is a very unique facility, and it gave me a great opportunity to see manufacturing, heavy manufacturing in progress, uh, and to serve the country at the same time. And then I ended up getting off active duty and going to work there as a civilian, running the logistics operation of the entire post. And it was uh, during that time as supply division chief that I actually got more into leadership and management and organizations. I was uh, 30 years old. I was leading an organization of over 130 people. And I had 14 subordinate supervisors that were, most of which were old enough to be my parents, but I was the guy in charge. Uh, It was a fascinating opportunity to learn business in a different way. Uh, And it gave me a broad broad spectrum of of business background. Um, After serving the civil service, the Army, I spent a year and a half at Lehigh University at Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, in an organization called the Agility Forum, which brought competitors together to collaborate on the very thing that gives them competitive advantage, how they deal with change. And, and we had Ford, General Motors, Chrysler, uh, General Electric, uh, Westinghouse, Texas Instruments, Defense Electronics Division, were many of the organizations we worked with, along with a bunch of small and medium-sized organizations. And, and you know, I, I look back now and I see how that career progression, really, I believe the Lord was leading me through step-by-step, step, uh, growth-by-growth, opportunity-by-opportunity to now be the director, the, the coordinator of, of the business school here at Karis. And I just... Absolutely love that, but the the foundation of of spending some time in the military and understanding the backbone of the country and how we were formed and why and what makes American the American experience so exceptional and it is the fact of the way our founding fathers looked at all the other forms of government that existed from eons of time up to their time and realizing that if you go back to the scriptures, which is really what this country was founded on, uh, no matter what the woke people try and tell you today, um, you can find everything that is the founding of our country in the scriptures, complete with the three branches of government and the way we put together business organizations where uh, Moses' father-in-law told him how to put good people over tens and fifties and hundreds and thousands. And, uh, you know, so uh, the experience of the military and serving our country is, uh, is a very valuable training ground. Well, Ray, you come up with such excellent points. And, you know, to me, just listening to the authority in which you speak tells me how important being led by the Spirit is. And 
I'm going to go back to January because uh, first semester last last year we did online, but we came here in January to finish out first year. But when I came to Kikiris, I came to the realization and, and changed my favorite verse to Romans 8, 6, to be carnally minded is death and to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And one thing, Ray, I can see by just looking at you as you walk in the peace of the Lord. And if you would, just share that peace and how following the Spirit allows you to do what it is that you do today. Well, not only allows me, but but enables me to do it because um, in my earlier career, just like the majority of listeners and anybody you know, we we tend to think that we're in the world six days a week and, and we go to church on Sunday. And we forget to take God with us when we come back out of church and go into the working place. And and really, if you go back to the to the Jewish traditions and, and language, uh, God expected us, he created us to be in fellowship with him. And and he he said, even though you work six days and on the seventh day rested, uh, I think we've largely misinterpreted or misunderstood that in that we really should be praising and worshiping God seven days a week. And our work, if we are working in the purpose that God created us to work in, and if we open our hearts to what he put in our hearts when he knit us together in our mother's womb, then we are working in the things that really bring us energy and, and life. And when you do that, and the sooner you really surrender to that and surrender to the help of the Holy Spirit, uh, there have been so many times that I've just been at a loss for what to do or which direction to go. And when I really think about it, the times that I got on the right track, the right way, the quickest way and advanced was when I just turned it over to him. Uh, you know, a brief case in point, I came through the business school and graduated in 2021. And we came out here in February of 20 to look to see where we wanted to live. We knew we were coming out here. We did our first, my wife did her first year all online from home. Then we did the extension school in Washington, D.C. And, and I knew that we wanted to do third years and we had to come to Colorado to do that. And I knew that I was going to be in business because I've had my own consulting firm since 1996, uh, which is a whole nother story for another time. But, but uh, the Lord kind of spoke to me and said, Ray, you know that consulting stuff you do is uh, pretty interesting and not too bad, but it would be better if you realized that it was built on my principles. And so that's what I came to, to get that foundation and put that under my consulting business. When I graduated, I thought another of my classmates and I were going to start a business incubator to help other graduates coming out of the various third school, third year schools at Karis to open their own business or move in the direction they wanted to go. And, and that didn't really happen. Uh, 
In the meantime, my wife had come through practical government, which was the furthest thing from her mind. And so I uh, figured I better do business to raise bail money <laughs> for her. But uh, she uh, said, well, if we're going to stay and you're going to do business, then I'm going to run for school board. And she did, and she was the highest vote getter, and she was one of four conservatives that turned a five-member board in one night election. Uh, and, and that's been an absolute blessing uh, with a lot of its own challenges. But then after helping her get elected and work on her campaign, I was kind of at a loss. Lord, what do you want me to do? And I felt I got a message that said, well, hang on, there's something coming, but I'm just not ready yet. And so I was literally just kind of meditating in prep time and relaxing and taking a break. And then all of a sudden I get a phone call from the CEO's executive assistant who said, would, would you mind coming in and talking to the CEO about an opportunity in the business school? And after a, about one nanosecond of thinking about it, I said, yeah, I'll come and talk to him. And uh, went in and had a chat with him and got hired. And, and this is exactly what the Lord has been preparing me for over 50 years to come and do. So just being faithful uh, and, and really pressing into the Lord and, and seeking what, what brings you joy in Him uh, I think is absolute key. And then even with the, with the job now, when I run into, uh, I'm not sure if I should do this or that, or I press into the Holy Spirit and ask for the guidance and the doors open. Well, Ray, so much revelation, so much wisdom coming from those comments, and I just really appreciate everything that you're doing for Karis, and, and I'm sure Karis is feeling the same way that they hired you. Ray, I want to just go over one scripture that uh, just kind of spoke to me as you were talking, and it's the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And I can see that God has been working. And I really like the comment that God has brought you over 50 years. And I like, you know, I'm the same way as you. I've gone through a lot of things in my life. And I don't regret anything. It's very easy to look back with regret. I just don't feel that is productive. And I think we learn from our mistakes. But friends, if any of you are listening and you're in that place and you feel that, you know, you're, you're still living in the past, may I suggest that you snap out of it and th think about finishing your course. Now, Ray, you are on a new track, and, I, and I'm just thankful for that. I, I love the way you're headed. How important is reading Scripture to you, and how often do you do that? I'm really curious. Well, I, it is extremely important, and and here's just a little bit of a sidetrack, but a uh, comment that I always make to whether they're students in the business school or just people in life in general, um, that if you want to be a leader, you need to be a reader. Leaders are readers, and readers are leaders, and and so it's. It's amazing to me whether it's picking up the Bible and reading the scriptures or whether it's picking up literally almost any other book and reading it every time I do that, 
whatever I've been reading, I find an application for, or it's the answer to a question that I find within one to two days after typically reading. Uh, like I said, whether it's scriptures or whether it's a business book for me, um, I absolutely admire my wife for her tenacity in reading the scriptures. Uh, she reads every day. She reads typically for 30 minutes to an hour, hour and a half, depending on what's going on in the day and what she's reading. And she, I'll throw in a shameless plug here, she's always uh, now, having gone through the practical government program at Karis, she is reading the Founder's Bible. And she got a hold of that as soon as she got into the practical government class. It's, you can find it at uh, wallbuilders.com, David Barton's organization. And she used that as her campaign manual, uh, which I'm absolutely convinced is part of the reason she was the highest vote getter out of nine candidates for four seats. Um, I typically like to pick up the Maxwell Leadership Bible uh, because I tend to focus on leadership and developing not only myself, but other people. Uh, I try and get into the scriptures four to five days a week. Some days I don't make it, uh, but uh, the Lord is faithful to uh, chastise me and when he needs to, and, uh, and he's always faithful to be there to point, it seems to be, to point me in the, in the right directions to the right scriptures. So... Well, Ray, so so much good thought there. And, you know, I the Founders Bible, I actually picked that up a few years ago and ordered that from Andrew. And David Barton, you know, he comes up with many, many compelling arguments and, and articles in that book, and they talk about the Founding Fathers. And if anyone is listening to the narrative that's going on in our country, that our Founding Fathers were deists and that they were not Christians— I, I, I ask you to order that Bible because you will find the truth. And you make mention of Maxwell's study Bible. And, of course, John Maxwell is one of the leadership gurus. I mean, you cannot go wrong with any book that John Maxwell writes. Anyway, I just want to ask you a simple question. You know, in James chapter 1, it says, "...but be ye doers of the word, and hearers only." And, you know, I know there's many people that go to church and listen to great messages every day, and yet they go home and their lives are not changed. Mm -hmm. Ray, I would like for you to sit there and tell, just, just briefly go over how, why do you need to be doers of the Word and not hearers only? Well, you, you really have to be doers of the Word to, to follow the Word of God. You know, He gave us the Great Commission. That was to go out into the world and teach and do everything that he did. That includes for us to go out and teach and preach his word, share his word, and be the doers of his word. And he said, we will do everything that he has done and greater works. And I absolutely believe that. And I've seen that not only in my own experience, but in many others that, you know, he, he told us to go heal the sick, you know, cleanse the lepers, 
restore sight to the blind. We can do that, and we have seen, I have personally witnessed, not only my own healing, but the healing in, in my wife. Uh, and, you know, when, when my second wife and I were married and she was going through the breast cancer, we believed in healing, but we did not know how to access it. And, and I'm not, you know, there's no regrets there. We were limited by our own knowledge. And, but, but when we go out into the world and be doers of the, the word, it makes a difference in the way we live, in the way we interact with people. And that's what, for me personally, that's what gives me a lot of energy. That's why, for example, I, I looked at our church, the church that we go to, Church for All Nations here in Colorado Springs, and, and they have a tremendous congregation there, tremendous leadership there. Uh, Pastor Mark Cowart is just phenomenal. They have a lot of life groups. And I was looking around at those uh, a little over a year ago, almost a year and a half now, I guess. And they didn't have a, a group for business leaders. And I said, you know, if I really want to help business leaders follow the word of God, I need to step up and start a business leaders life group. And... Billy Epperhart, the CEO of, of Keras, has this saying that is uh, so profound that if, if you're in business and you're looking for customers, it's like hunting moose. And if you're going to hunt moose, where do you go? Well, you go where the moose are. In other words, you go where your customers hang out. Well, if I want to be a resource for Christian business leaders... Uh, I'm probably not going to find them in the local pub. I'm more than likely going to find them in the local church. And we started a business leaders life group. And it has been an absolute blessing. People who are wanting to transition from working in corporate world to their own business. One of the guys started out in a, in a carpet cleaning business built that into a restoration business from fire and wind and, and hail damage, built that into a renovation business, uh, built that into a roofing company as well. And then he did a very interesting thing. He literally encouraged and helped all of, literally all of his employees start their own business. And he would subcontract to them and, and now he just sold his business for way more than what he thought he was even thinking about. And the business brokers that he worked with said, well, it's going to be a year, year and a half process. If I remember correctly from what he told me just the other evening, uh, he sold it in less than six days for more than what he was asking for. And I, and I credit that to the fact that he was a good Christian businessman who did business the way God intended for us to do business. You know, some people think that, well, if you're a good Christian, you shouldn't have wealth. Well, that couldn't be further from the truth because the scriptures clearly tell us that God gave us 
the ability to create wealth. He doesn't hand it to us, but he expects us to create wealth and use that wealth to steward that wealth to build his kingdom. And when, you know, when I can do the kind of stuff that I'm doing and walk in this way and just bank on the truth, it's not work at all. It's a fun day every day. Every day, you know, Ray, thank you so much. I mean, everything you're saying is just so power-packed, you know, and for those of you not all that familiar with Scripture, he's referring to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. It says, God gives us the ability to create wealth. And also, for those of you who, for some reason, do not feel that God wants us to prosper. If you go to the book of 3 John, one of the few chapters in the Bible with only one chapter, verse 2 says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. God right there in one verse basically is describing his entire will for everyone listening today. He wants you to prosper in your finances He wants you to have healing in your body and to walk in divine health. And he wants your soul, which means your will, your personality, your emotions, everything that basically drives us, he wants that to be well as well. Oh my gosh, it's so powerful. Ray, if there's one thing you would like to add before we go off, just what would you like to say to our listening audience today? Well, I just thank you for the opportunity, Bill. This is, uh, it's been fun for me. Uh, I hope to get to maybe do it again. Um, But, you know, I I just, a scripture that always uh, has stuck with me is Habakkuk 2, uh, particularly 2.2 and 2.3 and on. Uh, He says, uh, write the vision and make it plain upon the tablets, so that he who readeth it can run with it. And he goes on to say, it's for an appointed time, but it will come. Uh, It may tarry, but it will come, and when it comes, it will not lie. So what this really tells me in a nutshell is, if there's something that we're thinking about doing, or that we want to do, or that we feel called to do, we have to write it down. We have to write it down so we can read it, so we can be reminded of it. We have to write it down because we're meant to be in relationship with other people so they can read the vision and get excited and help us go do the things that God's called us to do. And we've got to think into the future. It isn't for today. We've got to think beyond today because we have the ability and the opportunity with God's grace and guidance to make tomorrow and next year and, and the year after that better than this year is, if we write it down, we plan it out, we execute the plan, and, you know, we be, if we stay uh, in a listening mode to, to hear the Holy Spirit help us make those adjustments, because where we may be ultimately called is not necessarily where we're initially called, So that's why it takes a plan, it takes some adjustments, uh, and it is a a journey, and it's a journey with the Lord. 
Well, that's so good, Ray. And Ray, if you would, go ahead and uh, give an invitation to anyone who may as yet not have received Jesus. Please, please close us in prayer. Oh, yeah. If, if, if anyone is out there who has been thinking about, whose heart has been kind of unsettled and, you know, you just, you just want to know for sure that, you know, you want to give your life to the Lord, just, uh, you know, right now, just pray out loud with me. Uh, Bill, you join me in this, you know. Lord Jesus, we just ask you to come into my life, take over the things that I have not done well. Lord, I just yield my heart and soul to you, and I ask you to be Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. And if you've just prayed that for the first time, you know, I just invite you to connect with a good spirit-filled church because accepting the Lord as your Savior is just the first step. Get into his word, get into a good steady group, get into a good supportive, spirit-filled group of individuals. It can be a home church, uh, even just some good close friends that you come alongside of that are good believers and let them disciple you so that you can go make disciples as well. Well, thanks, Ray. And, and like I said, I just appreciate you coming on, and, and I will be happy to have you on again. So thank you for offering to do that. Now I'm going to close with a blessing. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Friends, please join me again tomorrow as we further explore wisdom today.